Welcome to the Women in Diplomacy podcast. I'm Kelsey Sumnick, founder of the Foreign Policy Project. I am Lucy Goulet, founder of uh, Women in Foreign Policy, a website which is encouraging more girls and young women to choose a career in foreign policy. And this is our December podcast. Yes, our feature on women in technology that is impacting the world. Our guest today is Diana Nassar. Hi, Diana. Hi, how are you? Great, thanks. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Kelsey and Lucy. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. Um, first off, let me begin by thanking you for having me. Um, the, I would say hi to everyone who's listening. Um, so um, I'm Diana, I'm 27 years old, in a month actually. Um, I work as a product manager at a, an e-commerce company called uh, Souq.com. Um, I'm based in Amman, Jordan, uh, and I'm also a 2016 Techwoman Fellow. That's basically that. All right, so let's talk about your Techwoman experience. How did you join the program? So uh, TechWoman is actually an initiative by uh, the U.S. Department of State. Uh, it opens uh, its application usually around November or December. Uh, so it's, there's a call to application and I applied uh, directly to their website. Uh, we, we have to write lots of essay questions and talk a little bit about our experience and what we do in life. Uh, and after that, we get interviewed by the embassy. That's only if we get shortlisted. Um, so that's basically what I did, and uh, I got chosen to be part of the 2016 edition as one in uh, 87 ladies who ended up participating, and we were chosen out of more than 2,300 applicants who uh, applied to the Tech Women program in its 2016 edition. That sounds like quite a rigorous application process, but in the end, what did you feel was the outcome? How did you feel about participating? Actually, I never expected that the experience would be as life-changing as it turned out to be, because I thought it, it might be just another exchange program that you participate in, and you just get to know uh, cool folks, and get to know something about the culture of the country you're in, and that's it. But Tech Woman is a life-changing experience for any woman who works in, in STEM, basically, uh, because it exposes you to the cockpit of STEM in the world, that's Silicon Valley. Uh, it actually really uh, expands your network a great deal. It introduces you to great potential that you didn't even know about yourself before. It helps you break glass. I always say that I'm totally a different person. It, it just helped me discover a better version of myself. That that sounds incredible. And it, it's really good to hear, as we've interviewed Red Zoo before, and, you know, it, it's good to hear your side of it as a participant. Do you have any plans already of what you can concretely do with what you've learned in the program? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking that, because lots of people think that exchange programs such, such as Tecumen are only, uh, you know, beneficial for the people who participate in them. But the case of Tecumen is a bit different because they urge us to come up with an action plan to actually serve our community and our country once we are back. In our case in Jordan, 
uh, the action plan that we worked on, me and the other participants from Jordan, uh, was focused on increasing the percentage of women um, who are actually employed. And we did this by trying to connect them with uh, work from home platforms so that they can work remotely on their own, pro on their own projects and not having to choose between family and work. So this is actually a project that we need to kick off. Uh, and it's part of the Tech Women Action Plan that we are required to uh, basically um, implement here in Jordan. So you feel that you are actually benefit benefiting other people from the experience that you've learned. This is what I love. That's a prime example of technology changing the world. Can you share with us your journey as a woman in STEM and also as a woman in the Middle East? How did you know that you wanted to work in uh in programming because you're you're a developer with souk.com correct uh no i'm currently a product manager but i was a developer at another company before that i think it all started when i developed my first personal website at the age of 14. Uh, it was only a task for us at school uh, it was very simple i created it using front page which is discontinued now um, and then I started to, to see this magic of technology and how you can transform code into something tangible that you can see. This is when I started to develop interest in technology. Um, it was about the same time that technology became a big player in, the, in this world. Um, so many people were actually going for it. And I began to see the difference that it's making in people's lives and also in communities. Uh, so that's when I actually decided that I want to study um, computer engineering at school and I want to have technology as a, as a career. I started off as a software engineer at RMX International, um, but two and a half years down the road, I felt that it's not enough for me to just write code, you know, behind a screen. Not that I think that this is not something, of course, this is everything. This is what actually does the magic. But I felt that I have more to offer. I really like to interact with people and to do things a little bit differently. So that's when I decided to move into product management to you know, take more of a strategic approach towards things. And that's me now, like two years down the road as a product manager at Soup.com. This is awesome. This is just a side <laughs> note, but Diana, you are so cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I really like how you looked at what you like to do, like work with people and then tried to make that work with your skills. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so there's been quite a lot of discussion recently uh, in the United States and in uh, England, where I'm based, about how STEMs tend to be quite a sexist sector and how we need more women in it. And I was wondering what your experience of it was. That's actually very true and very sad. It saddens me on a personal level because I know so many people from my class, so many girls who are now just married and not using the, the skills that they acquired. I know it's it can be a personal decision for them and that's totally fine. But sometimes I feel like it's more of a society decision rather than a personal decision. It's what society enforces them to do. Um, most of the time people or girls, especially in my community, feel like they have to, to choose between their work and their 
personal life, their family commitments and everything around that. This is actually something I like, I like about technology and I'd like to highlight is that with technology, you can always find a solution. Uh, you can work from home, you can work remotely, you can be a contractor from home, you can do lots of things if you have uh, these skills. I believe that the main problem here is that girls aren't exposed enough to the opportunities out there. They just don't know that that's even an option. I talk to them and they just think that they have to go from uh, eight to five and that's just not feasible for them. I believe that if we raise awareness um, about remote work opportunities, um, if we actually support women by having a little bit of better working conditions, especially in the technology sector, I mean, they are an untapped resource. We cannot deny this. They really are. Um, it saddens me. My personal experience is that, yeah, I'm one of very few female uh, product managers in my company, but I love the fact that, especially uh, with Zoom.com, whenever we highlight these issues, they do try to make it better for um, female, female employees. But this needs to be a big of a movement. People need to speak up. And I believe that if women don't speak about, up about it, no one will actually notice it. Men, sometimes they just don't know that this is a problem. So it's a combination of women raising awareness about it and also of women and other people, you know, just exposing their fellow women that there are other options that you can actually do to, to sustain a living in with your career as well. Wondering if you had any advice for women who would like to work in STEMs, but also for women who would like to apply for the Tech Women uh, program? So a big part of working in, in STEM generally is keep pushing boundaries because it's a very competitive place to work in. And it is true that it's a very um, sexist kind of place to be working in. Uh, you have to prove yourself. As a female, you have to prove yourself double it even because sometimes you're the only female in the meeting room and you have to use this with you and not make it against you. Uh, you have to be a very powerful woman, but you also have to be very resilient about the things that you face and to never give up. Um, a personal advice to everyone, uh, to just keep remembering that you, if the more power that you gain in this sector, the more responsibility that you have to your uh, fellow um, female or to your fellow woman, let's say. So um, just keep these issues in your mind and keep speaking up about them. Keep suggesting, suggesting internship opportunities in your company. Keep talking about including more women in your department. Uh, keep doing it. I really try to do this all the time. And I try to bring up more interns to the company, um, female intern, sorry, female interns to my company, because I believe that this is actually an issue. And the more power I have to solve it, the more I try to actually solve it. Uh, for women applying to tech women, my advice would be to highlight how you're different because it's very, very competitive. Everyone has an eight years experience working in STEM and everything. That's totally okay. That's totally abundant. But you have to be different and you have to highlight, to highlight how you're different. Highlight, highlight what you did to your community. Highlight your network. Highlight um, how much are you willing to serve and how much have you served. It's always about how much you can benefit your community when you come back 
and it's always about your journey and not only about your work journey but about your life journey so the more you highlight this uh, the higher the chance that you will get a woman seat diana do you think tech can change the world and in what way where do we get started it's funny because everyone in silicon valley says they want to make the world a better place and they claim that technology can do this um i think it all starts with the with, with knowing your limits uh we always say that we need to keep pushing boundaries but we also need to be realistic um technology can definitely be a factor uh it's already helping out but let's be clear that it's not the only thing that needs to be done but yes i do believe that it will change the world because it has done this already i mean think about when um it, when egypt was rising in and i mean the revolution that happened and everything that happened there and how technology actually helped people speak up and expose the things that are happening it is actually even ch- changing our political um ecosystem and our political situation so i believe that technology can change things on so many levels be it political be it uh, social be it socio economic i mean on so many levels but let's just be realistic about what it can do um i think this is um this is very important uh but i also think that it can change small things i mean if it can give you your your work if if it can give you money if it can give you um a good reasonable living then this is also something and if change to so many lives then this means that it will change something big in this world so yes it can change the world um we want to ask you about the type of frustrating challenges you have to rise to in your working life are there recurrent problems that you wish you could solve So um even as part of the common we go into what's called a reentry workshop that helps us face these challenges when we go back home. Um and I think the main problem here or the main challenge that we are facing is that sometimes I feel like we're still dealing with third world problems uh while some of the uh challenges that we try to face are more like first world problems. I always say you cannot ask people to um get an education online why they don't even why they don't even have a computer um so you cannot just begin by solving the um, first world problems without uh, solving the third world problems first um i think that the challenges that my region face uh, go beyond just the normal stuff of like having um humble employment rates uh, for education although this is not really the case in my country but generally speaking in my region this is something um i think it's more of like the political situation and how the whole region is changing um i think this is this can be frustrating on so many in so many times um we try to solve the problems that we can solve but we know that there are limits we cannot go beyond so do you have any advice for the let's say the developed world and the developing world to work together particularly when the developed world is trying to reach new audiences in the developing i think i try to to remind myself of this each and every day is to never lose hope 
because the moment we lose hope and stop believing in ourselves, um, this is all going to be done. Uh, I believe that we need to keep doing what we're doing and keep setting an example. Um, each one can make a difference. And if we all believe in ourselves and do the small difference that we can, then all of us as a nation can do something. I know this is really, really hard, but let's not lose hope and let's keep believing in ourselves. How can readers and listeners keep in touch with uh, what you're doing and what you're up to? So um, I have a personal blog. I try to include everything on. Um, it's on dianamistar.com. Um, uh, I also try to post uh, these updates on my Facebook and Twitter, but there are links to all of this on my personal blog. Uh, so I try to include everything there. Do you have any closing words of wisdom for young women out there? They, they asked me in, in Silicon Valley if I'd like to just like, yeah, it, it was the same thing. If I have anything to tell them. Um, and I have two things. The first one, and I also always say that I know it's totally cliche, but I'd like to tell everyone to just dream big. Because if you come to me like five years ago, my biggest dream would be to maybe work in Dubai or land the best job in Jordan or something like that. But then when I got there, I was like, no, that's not my dream. I definitely can do something better. So I took on a bigger dream, but then I achieved it. And then I took on a bigger dream and then I achieved it. So I was like, no, definitely there's something bigger that that's waiting for me one day and somewhere. So just keep pushing your dreams because the bigger your dreams, the, the bigger your chances are of actually achieving them. Um, my second thing, my second take on the whole thing is to keep in the back of your mind the importance of giving back to your community and to your people. Um, Madeleine Albright says there is a special place in hell for women who do not help other women. Uh, and I think it's, it's really important that we keep it in the back of our minds. It's not only about giving back with money. You can always give back by sharing your experience, by setting an example, by helping others, empowering them. Um, you can always do something. So just keep it in the back of your mind um, to always give back to your community and not live out not live in a bubble, um, not forgetting where you came from.